All right, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about logo design with our logo design expert, Maria, and uh, all things logo and how important logo is. And so, yeah, stay tuned. Have you found yourself daydreaming about an idea or business? Are you interested in entrepreneurship? Do you have what it takes? I'm Rick Holtz, husband to my childhood sweetheart, father to 11, homeschool dad, owner of Holtz Leather, Heritage Wedding, Holtz Headwear, and our newest startup, Coco and Loco. In addition, we manufacture our own line of fine leather goods, candles, pottery, millworks, and have our own retail store. We are experts in e-commerce, marketing, and graphic design. We employ over 60 people. Did I mention we're completely self-taught? Follow along and let our family of entrepreneurs show you how to think outside the box. It's time to create and produce instead of consume. All right. Welcome, Maria. Maria is our uh, our logo designer here at Holtz Leather. She is an expert in graphic design and branding. Maria, Maria it's good to have you with us. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yes. And of course, as always, Avery is also included in this conversation. So he's going to be putting his, uh, his points on some of the things that we're discussing. Today, we're going to be talking about logo design, the importance of logo design. For me, I can get pretty sold out pretty quickly on logo. In fact, uh, I will put the cart ahead of the horse when I see a really cool logo. Sometimes I'll develop a whole brand or a whole brand idea just from looking at a logo or an image. It's, uh, it can be one of those things where it, it like I have the, do you get the joy when you're creating an art piece that uh, there's almost more pleasure from setting up the logo and the art and the graphic design and the layout of your website than there is from the actual like, it's like the launch and then you kind of just sit there and it's like, oh, I hope we sell something now. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I feel like there's often like different pieces of art that I see or different inspiration I get and then I want to incorporate it into design. And then afterwards, I'm like, okay, what product am I going to like do for this logo or for this design? But yeah, I agree. I think I'm really bad with that, specifically at Holtz, because I'll see things that I like and I'm like, oh, I love that that logo or that design and I want to force it into our brand and often it doesn't fit in our brand and I get reminded often uh hey Rick that doesn't really fit our yeah, brand that's my job <laughs> so yeah it, it is your job the naysayer to me uh anyway so Maria tell us a little bit about logo design like what makes a what makes a good logo so actually first could I tell you what makes a bad logo yes okay because I feel like that's really important like you start out with something and you want to improve it. So if I'm like driving along and I'm looking at different logos that different companies have, I feel like the first two things that stand out to me that I'm that impact the logo negatively in my mind are the typography. So like the choice of typeface and then also just legibility. Like I feel like there's so many logos out there that you cannot tell what they're trying to sell and you cannot read some of the words in the logos mm. or the symbol that they have is just too small or too large but yeah i think those are the two biggest things that stand out to me is what logos are missing they're missing the right typeface the right font and just the right the ability to for somebody to walk by and immediately be able to say okay i know what that logo mm. says not that you want your logo to say everything about you you want to leave a little bit of mystery but if you can't even read the logo you have a problem there. So how do y'all think that that affects the success or failure of a product? Well, first off, if you want to sell products, you want your customer to quickly understand what you're selling. And that's actually one of the um, important things of what makes a logo good 
having a, a message in your logo. So I always like to think of like FedEx's logo, you know, the little secret arrow in FedEx. That's like one of my favorite logos because it's so subtle, but it's there and it's a hidden message for you to discover that we're getting your packages in the right direction and mm. things like that. Yeah. It's kind of like the world of like first impressions for me. Like when I see a logo, uh, you're already, you're starting to judge that company. Kind of like what you were saying. Like if you see a person, you're judging that person by what they're wearing, the clothes that they're wearing. I mean, clothes send a specific, a specific message. Are they, uh, are they a cowboy? Do they have their cowboy boots on? You already kind of have this visual image of this person. Uh, or if they're wearing skinny jeans, you kind of have a, a specific mindset of what they are. And I think a logo is very much the same way. When you talk about topography and how topography can really destroy a logo, and it really makes you feel like, um, <clears throat> like they didn't take time and energy into their logo. Why is anything else that they sell going to be good? Um, also I find myself when like I go into stores, uh, specific on the, the wine label side of things. Like when I'm buying a bottle of wine, I love wine, but I am not an enthusiast of wine in the sense that I can taste my, my taste buds are not that refined, but so when I go to buy wine, I'm looking at labels, and I love labels, beautiful wine labels. How often do you find yourself gravitating towards a product or something like that just based on the, the design of the label itself? You know, logos have a way, I mean, it's art, so it's, it's stirring emotion. Uh, I get pretty emotional over, like, our logo. Like, our logo to us is it's, it's very, uh, it's a castle, uh, and it's very reflective of some very difficult times that our family went to went through. We've incorporated a lot of our personal uh, story and tragedy into the logo, and our logo story is it was is very close to our hearts. So we don't really tell it a lot. We don't tell people why, what our logo means. There are a few people who know who come into our retail store and they're like, "Hey, what's the significance of the castle?" And I start. And if they ask, then I'll, I'll di dissect and give them a little more detail of, of the logo and why we developed the logo the way it is. And people are just, they're so moved. And inside the, the logo, for us, it was a development after we lost everything and uh, went through some really difficult times. Uh, and it was reflective of a, of a dream I had had at that time. But anyways, it was also kind of a reset in our life. We were at a reset phase. And... Um, I wanted to always remember, no matter what, coming out of that, for it to be a memory, or for us to recount where we had come from. And so inside our logo, I put in Hebrew, so it's not just out there for everybody to see, but I put a Hebrew inscription inside of our logo that just says, the Lord's Vineyard. And it's just a reminder for our family that everything we do, we do for uh, for the Lord, that everything we we do in our business, it's not ours. We don't own it. We're caretakers. We're all we're all. Uh, we're all going to die one day and we're going to leave something behind. And, uh, and for us, our, our logo is very much a reminder of our company and our business. So logos are also extensions of who you are. So when you go through the process of designing and creating your logo, you want it to have an element of who you are, who your family is. Uh, tied into it or uh, your style, your flair. But you got to be careful, I think within that of not losing control and uh so tell me what you think um the best way so if i'm i'm new to the business field and i'm i'm wanting to start a business and this is you know my my first step at ever creating a logo do you have any recommendations for somebody who's who's doing this for the first time is it something somebody should take out on their own and try to do on their own or should they go to one of those websites where you pay you know 250 bucks and you work with a designer and they kind of set you up and walk you through the process well, I think it is definitely worth it to 
if you don't have any skills of your own in design to hire someone or do research, I mean, you can teach yourself a lot of things nowadays um, on YouTube or, you know, the internet, but I think a logo is such an important part, like you were saying, to your story, to your message behind your business, that you really need to invest time and money to make sure that your logo is a good representation of your business, that it has elements that you want it um, to show the people that are going to be purchasing products from you and also just to show what your brand is. Mm. Is it a luxury brand? Is it a sports brand? What generation are you marketing to? All of those elements can and should be included in a logo, I believe. So I think those are things that um, an experienced designer would be able to help you incorporate. So I do agree that. So if I have, like, what would your recommendation? I think like designers typically like, like if I'm coming to you mm -hmm. and I'm hiring you, and I, have yes. I have kind of styles that I like, what would you tell me as a customer if I'm coming to you? Or what, what should, if I'm wanting to design a logo, like uh, working towards like inspiration, would ins inspiration be helpful if I came to you and I had an inspiration board? Oh yeah, of course. I think the first thing I like to ask whenever I'm designing a logo is questions about the business, like what what inspires you, what drives you, um, who, what are you marketing, obviously, and then get to know the person a little bit more, the people in the company, and yeah, an inspiration board would be fantastic because I have my own ideas of what a logo for your business should look like. But since it's your logo, if you have that inspiration, that can help if I can combine those two ideas together and then present to you something that's truly unique, but also truly special to So what company. should I be looking for when I'm trying to go find inspiration for my logo? Am I looking at topography? Am I looking at layout? Am I looking at symmetry? I mean, what, what specifically, or maybe all of those things? I think if, if you've got a designer that you're working with, I wouldn't actually look into that. I would look at what your company represents to you. So rather than trying to like look for things that they would be looking for to do the job, you're looking for things like, you know, f like, you know, for Holtz, you know, family, tradition, honor, all those things, talking about your, you know, your story and all these things, where you want to go, where you have been. I mean, there are times I think it would be good if, you know, the designer sat down with you and like went over some of those things, but giving them some of the raw kind of ideas and, and the brand, what it is like to you guys, I think that probably would help you know an experienced designer the most in being able to come up with something at least for the first steps yeah awesome. i agree all right so let's swing back around and talk about the the holtz logo like what are your thoughts about the structure and the look of that logo well the first thing i think you notice is of course the castle and then the word holtz and those are two of the big important things the castle being part of the reason that y'all started this business and then y'all's last name holtz and that's the reason that those two things are the main things that pop out and attract your attention is part of what we call hierarchy. So you want the most important part of your business, of your logo, to be the largest part, usually centered in your logo. And then the other elements to um, just complement it, be smaller size, like the Leather Co., the Made in America, also an important part, but not as important as Holtz. And then, of course, the trademark and stuff like that. And also the um, Hebrew that you were talking about earlier put into the castle. That's kind of like your little secret message in there, which I think is very cool. But yeah, that is, I think, a really important part of what makes a logo good. Having good hierarchy, the main things being the larger part, and then the smaller things complementing it around the side. So do you find yourself like going around town looking at logos and being like, ugh, 
Oh, oh. 100%. <laughs> yes. Do you do the same thing, Avery? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like once you, once you know what's right, the wrong things stand out to you so much. There's, yeah, this, there's this mini mall out in Madison, and on the little sign that has, you know, all the little rectangles of their, you know, the business, their logos and, you know, the name of it, there are two right next to each other, both in papyrus. Oh. Like two completely separate businesses. I can't remember what it was for, but like they were both in papyrus. I'm like, jeez. That's the worst impression ever. Oh, it was so bad. It's one. It's one thing to see one, but to see two completely separate businesses using the exact same overused font mm. right next to each other. Oh, that's very. Anyways, beautiful. that that's something that I'm sure Maria and I would would bug us more than most people, obviously, because mm. it still hasn't changed. What so. about conflicting colors? Like, how many colors should you use in a logo? I think two is good. I mean, all logos are going to be in a black and white format at some point. Mm -hmm. And so it's important that when it changes to black and white, that it's still recognizable, it's still legible. So I think when you're creating a logo, you should always start in black and white. Mm -hmm. But I think adding color can be a nice element because color has emotion attached to it and meaning attached to it. But yeah, I think more than three, it can be of a lot, honestly. So what about like sizing of a logo? Like I, I've noticed that when we're designing websites and uh, we've designed some different or used different templates and uh, styles for designing websites that you have your little logo section where you put your logo. And I've noticed that there's a real trend to go like narrower, thinner line logos where our logos a little taller. So it becomes difficult in, a, in, a, in situations. So should you have different options for your logo, different use use styles i guess you would say or how would you say it i would say variations mm -hmm. yeah i think that's really an another important um part of having a good logo having the variations um and making it scalable too because your logo is going to be large in some spaces it's going to be small in some spaces like you said before it's going to have to be a long and narrow logo in some um different projects that you work on and then other projects it's nice to have a taller logo or a more square logo i would say probably the square your logo is, the better it will fit into different things. Here, just wait a sec. <clears throat> I would say the more close your logo is to a square, the better it's going to fit into different projects that you're going to be working on. Very cool. Very cool. I think also there's different things like the little favicon, the little icon that, you know, it's probably like a total of like 50 pixels. But the thing that goes in your browser up mm. there... That's something that you'd usually want like a very small version of a logo. And that could just be for like Holtz, it could just be the castle or an H. Mm. Like for the beard oil thing, it's black coat. But then for that favicon, I just have the C with the little drip coming down. So something that, because there's always... So explain what a favicon is for people who don't know what a favicon is. So like on your browser, like on a, usually just on your desktop, you won't see it on mobile. But up on the on the actual tab right next to the name of the site that you're on. It'll show a little icon. And if you're on Amazon, it'll be the little A or the the little smiley face, which mm -hmm. I can't remember what it is now, but like, you know, if it's Walmart, it's the little star thing. It's just something that can go on there to, you know, if we're not on the, the, uh, the tab or if you've got a lot of tabs open and the name is being hidden, mm -hmm. you can see the little icon. It's just something, it's not, usually you don't even need it. I mean, bigger companies, all bigger companies will have it. But it's just something to think about because that is very, very limited space and limited pixels. So you can't do much with it. 
but that would be an example of something where you really need to simplify it down. Yeah, and that's something else to remember. Like when you're getting your logo designed from a designer, the importance of getting it in the correct format for what you're using it for. So, and I learned this the hard way back when I was kind of just starting in business as uh, younger, and I'd go to, you know, I would, I'd want to go somewhere and get business cards made, or I'd want to go somewhere and get uh, something printed with my logo on it, and they'd ask me for a uh, what's the format that most people ask for. It has to PDF? be in a vector. Oh, vector. vector. It has to be in a oh, vector yeah. format. And I was like, what? What's a vector format? I'm like, I got a JPEG. Isn't that good enough? And it's like, <laughs> and then the understanding of that JPEG is not the same as a vector. So you want to explain a little bit of the difference between JPEG, vector, or just just an image file versus a vector format? Where? Um, so an image file is going to be more compressed, where a vector file you can separate the elements and the different pieces. And I think that's important if you need to change a logo or in printing. I've not done a lot of printing myself, so I'm not sure 100% what they need on their side, but that's what I'm guessing. Another thing is raster images or, you know, like a JPEG is something that's based in pixels, whereas vector is based on lines and points. So if it is like, let's say, sorry, we got a lot of uh, commotion going on inside. <laughs> um, a vector would be something that, you know, if you've got a circle or, you know, some shape, you could size that to whatever and it's not based on any fixed dimension, which does, like what Maria said, makes it a lot more editable, usually in like a in Illustrator file or something yeah, like Illustrator, that. Yeah, Illustrator, EPS. Yeah, so make PDF. sure when you have your logo designed, you get it in a vector format, because you can take it from a vector and you can convert it to any type of JPEG, a bitmap, or whatever it is that you, you need for your art project or whatever your print company will need, you want to just make sure you have that vector format. And if your designer doesn't know what that is, you pick the wrong designer. <laughs> yeah, if you have a good designer, they will send you like, What's a, vector? a folder What's a with all the appropriate files in it. Yeah, nice. That's good to know. Good to know. All right. So what are your thoughts on like a, a creative market? Like I, I love going to create a market personally because they have they have these companies that or people uh, that design all these design packs. And so you can go in there and I, I feel like a lot of times you can get away from reinventing the wheel. Um, and and mainly I use it a lot for like email creation, that type of thing where I'm not going to go and hand draw an arrow or. Uh, whatever, but they also have logo packs inside of there that are some of them are fairly. And my untrained graphic design eye, I'm like, ooh, that looks great. It's like, in fact, I've I, I designed one of our um, our products, our whiskey barrel smoking blocks. Our smoking blocks. I found this really cool design on Creative Creative Market, and uh, we took it and made it our own. We changed, tweaked a few of the the lines from the vector art, and we put it on our our bag and and these smoking blocks have sold and i think really it's they're wood chunks but they sell so well because the bag is beautiful and it's a beautiful presentation of art on the bag that has the smoking blocks in inside and for me i am a sucker for beautiful artwork on products so what are y'all's thoughts on using places like creative market i think creative market is a great tool like you said for speeding up the design process because when you're in a business time is money and so being able to get graphics that are already created. Don't let me forget, but let's come back to that time is money aspect and the 80-20 rule. So keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah. So to be able to put those already designed graphics into your projects can definitely speed things up. For logo creation, I am not a fan of using creative market logos unless you are a really, really small startup business. Then obviously you don't have a lot of funds or time to invest in your logo creation. But later on, once you become a small business and a small company, I think it is worthwhile to invest in a designer 
who can make a logo that's truly yours, not one that anybody else can purchase on the internet. I totally agree with that. And I think uh, Maria brings out a great point there about if you don't have the capital, like you're starting on a shoestring, then yes, do what you can, but always keep uh, logo evolution in the back of your mind. If you, it's, it's kind of fun if you get out there and you do like uh, logo evolution, you do a Google search of like logo evolution of IBM. IBM has is a very old company, but they have a string of these old logos, and some of them are just, they're really cool vintage-style logos, but you can see the progression of their logos and how they've changed over time. So it can very much be a part of your story, and I think you can pull those old logos out sometimes. It's kind of like in, in sports when they go back to the uh, the vintage jerseys or the vintage helmets. They bring out like the old Broncos helmet where the Broncos coming out of the the D and it's just they're kind of cool throwback elements and that can be that for uh, for your business down the road once you start getting success and then people are really get, become interested in your brand and they're like oh I never knew and then you can produce shirts out of it and all that cool stuff and I think the creative market stuff I, I like it more for stuff that won't be lasting as long whether that's like a Facebook post or ads or something but I think stuff that's going to stick around your business for longer like a logo or like a website, I think that's a little bit better. It's a little bit more appropriate. Again, assuming you're not on a shoestring budget, you know, just starting out to get some, make it a little bit more purposeful rather than find something that you want. I mean, it would just be like, you know, for your logo, it's like you can't get the H or the castle, but you can find on this catalog which one you want. It's like, well, I want it to be mine. But for like ads and things like we're talking about, just to be able to get stuff out to put produce content, which is kind of the name of the game right now, mm. having some of those templates available it's game changing. Yeah, and that goes back to kind of what I wanted to swing back around is the 80-20 rule. And I think we struggled with this a little early on is that I was very picky with the way that our art looked. And our early on art teams, we would spend an enormous amount of time designing products and des or designing artwork that, goes, that would go into an email. And before long, we realized that we were really losing productivity. And when you're losing productivity, you can really quickly be paying way too much for what you're trying to produce. So we've kind of have adopted this 80 20 rule that if you're 80 percent there just go with it because the time it takes to get to 80 percent if you have a really good designer it doesn't take much time but to get to 90 to 100 percent or not even up in the upper 90 percent like oh man yeah that's the gold i mean that's just the bomb you're gonna you're going to invest an enormous amount of energy and effort and time yeah i agree i feel like you could nitpick a project forever but once you get to that 80%, you're really there. Mm -hmm. You've got your message across in that. Right. And it usually helps. I mean, I know that designers or creatives in general want, you know, their work to look great, you know, because that's a reflection of them, whether or not, you know, anyone else thinks that or they think it, but it kind of is. But that's something that I think when you're in industry for a little longer and you see where it's going or how the payroll is being dispersed or you know just basically the bottom line it's easier to see okay I, I i understand now why they're wanting me to get this out and i feel like for me at least understanding that helps helps i don't know just to i mean just to understand the business in general and not take it personal you know it's like oh it's, it's fine enough just put it up it's like well it's not done it's not you know it's like okay, this isn't your art project in college this is this is business, you know, this is, we're getting this out because we need these ads up, but any longer, you know, and then we're eating into the, the cost that it takes to, you know, to make this and stuff. And basically the bottom line becomes smaller because of how much longer we're taking. And so it's, it's a difference in what you learn in college, which is just, you know, more of the pure form of art mm -hmm. versus e-commerce or advertising in general, which is, you know, money and, you know, getting sales is the name of the game. If it can sell, that's what's valuable about it. Not 
what you think or the artistic, you know. Sure. So what are your what are your opinions on uh, getting a second opinion on your logo? Like because this is one of those things that it's I feel like you can get into that nitpick world or you can get advice from somebody who doesn't really know like in your logo design is it just you just only want your opinion or what you like or like you were doing your your beard oil labels did you get secondary opinions or did you pretty much just command the whole project from obviously you have a little more graphic design yeah. experience than probably most i would say mine is a little bit unique in that it was never meant to be like a business like a full-time business it was meant to be a passion project so i just wanted to make sure i liked it but I had a designer who was fully competent, you know, working on it. So it was both of us kind of going back and forth. But I think, and I'm also of the mind that with the logo, even if it's a bad logo, if you've got a great business, that's fine because I'm going to look at your bad logo, but I'm going to remember all of the good things about it. It's just a reminder for me. However, getting new business or if, you know, someone goes on Yelp to look for a cool mm. restaurant and your logo looks like, you know, like Trash. garbage that's not going to help you at all. Yeah. But I think that, you know, it, that's why I say it's kind of not even secondary or tertiary. It's just, it's almost towards the end as long as your business is doing well. So for me, it's kind of like, you know, it's how you look. It's like, I love this person. I don't like this person. It's not because they're good looking and they're bad looking. It's because of who they are. Mm. So when I see them, doesn't matter how they look. Like I remember how they made me feel. Mm. And so that's kind of what you're going for but it, at the same time there's other aspects and not just the positioning in your customer's mind that sure. should determine a logo well like you said though if you are looking at a company for the first time if it's a new company or you just haven't experienced it before then the logo is really important because it is the first impression kind of going back to the hmm. wine example if you're walking along and you don't have a specific wine in mind then you look at the labels right because that's the next that's thing the we look at we're like okay what catches my eye and you want a logo that catches your eye. I think that about WD-40. Who would ever just of their own accord buy WD-40? I mean, who even came up with that name? That's horrible. I mean, I think, I think the story behind it is it stands for water displacement in their 40th try to make it work. So they called it WD-40. What if it was WD-38? I mean, would it have the same ring? Would it have the same effect? I don't I know. Think, I think that's a good example of something that the product works. Everyone knows mm -hmm. what it, like Kleenex, you know, that's a brand of tissue paper. You say, can you pass the Kleenex? It doesn't even have to be Kleenex. That's just what you pass. But WD-40, they've done such a good job and they're so consistent and it's withstood the test of time that like that. And that's what I meant by the logo doesn't matter as much once you're established because mm -hmm. it's like, I don't care what the name is. I don't need it to be beautiful or, you know, really ring. I know what that product is and I know what they stand for and mm -hmm. I know what I'm getting when I get that product. But I do at the same time acknowledge that, you know, what Maria's saying is like, yeah, if you're going through a, you know, a shelf of different products and no one's heard of any of your, oh, any of these brands before, like they're going to go with the one that sounds sure. good. And I think wine is a great example of that. It's like, no one's tasted all of the wines here. And if they have, there's, that's a different problem. You know? <laughs> but for the most part, it's like, you're looking for something that not only looks good, but at least kind of emanates trust like mm -hmm. you think that if you get this like they look established enough where i don't think they're going to scam me this isn't going to be yeah. some super subpar product this looks to me this bottle makes it look like their whole company knows what they're doing yeah and so going back to logo evolution because that kind of made me think about it is not giving your customers whiplash when you change your logo don't change your logo too often i mean because then it's like i'm I did this the other day. I, I, I bookmarked a website that I was interested in and I had a, a visual in my mind of what it looked like. And I went back six months later and it had a whole different look, different logo, but it was the same company. I was like, 
whoa, and I had a whole different feel about it. Really, there's, I mean, Subway, Mastercard, those are two companies that have, you know, recently Mastercard a few years ago, but Subway recently, you know, they changed their logo, but it really didn't change that much. And if anything, they just kind of made their colors a little bolder. But that's something where it's like, yeah, it creates a little bit of buzz, and usually it, there's a lot of other reasons why they would change it. No corporate company is changing it for the sake of changing it. Mm. But that's something where it's like, if we were to really change this, it would kind of, it would be taking a few steps back mm -hmm. because of, you know, that recognition isn't there anymore. And that's why they have to keep it, you know, in that same ballpark to make sure that they don't lose all the progress their company's made with having this recognizable brand. Yeah, so be, care be careful there. Be very cautious about, uh, if you're starting on a shoestring and you're designing a logo, uh, be careful not to just keep changing it and flip-flopping it round and round, because I think you'll, you'll end up driving and losing uh, brand traction. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So uh, closing up this episode, I think we're kind of getting to the end of our time here. Uh, as you start developing your business or your idea, I think it's uh, I think it's vital that you have a logo that really sends the right message to your customer. It has the right coloring uh, that that matches what you're selling. Or uh, and there's there's complete studies on all of these things: the color of the logo, the stylistic of of the logo, the font style that you use. Um, there are some font style no-nos. Uh, I think papyrus. there's papyrus. Yeah. Everybody hates papyrus. Don't ever use papyrus. If your logo has papyrus, let's talk about evolution of logos because your logo needs to evolve. Uh, you need to move on past papyrus. I think we all feel the same way there. Overused font style. We're, look, we're looking at you, Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so take time. Be thoughtful. I think it's one of the most critical aspects of, of your business is the design and the branding of your company. Uh, especially if you're going to be e-commerce or web-based, because that's what people see. That's what they're using to judge and to base uh, base your business around. Uh, and some other things we can talk talk to uh, talk through later is like the uh, the usability of a website and the flow of a website. And we might do a, a future podcast on on discussing some of those things. But uh, that's it for today. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be back soon. Do it. All right. So if you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to uh, be sure to like us, uh, leave comments if you have questions, that type of thing. Uh, and we look forward to uh, to our next episode. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe and leave a comment below. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Visit us at HoltzLeather.com if you need a gift for that special someone.